for, okay, let me actually try and teach something this week. And they've asked us to teach on the thing of hospitality. And I am going to, but I thought sometimes the best way to hear about how hospitality has touched people in the life of the church is to hear from people who have experienced it and to hear testimonies of people who have experienced hospitality, who have given it, and have been given hospitality. Okay, so I've asked a few people just to share with us, and then I do want to get into a bit of scripture, because I believe as much as us charismatics love being in the presence, we also need to be in the Word, right? Word and Spirit together, right? Okay, all right, Word and Spirit. So I'm going to get into a bit of scripture, but I've asked a few people. So I've asked Wayne and Julian, Chantel, I think I asked my wife. No, I didn't. I asked Neil. So, who wants to go first? Neil. Okay. <laughs> okay, Neil's an intern from TMT. Okay, but I've asked him to share. He's been living with us for about two weeks now. I'm not sure how long he's going to stay with us for. Um, and he's been amazing. He's been, it's been great having him. But, yeah, I've asked him to share on hospitality. Yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, like he said, I come from TMT and... One of, the, one of the things we, we do quite often in TMT is we go on outreaches. And in this outreaches, we had one a few weeks ago, and we would usually stay with people for a week or so. And I always find it interesting because I stay with people that are so different. I stay with the, you know, the wealthy, the not wealthy. You, know, you, you stay with literally with every people of all different kinds. Um, and it's always amazing to see how people actually open their homes. Um, for me, I, I got reminded of two, instance, two instances that, were, that, I, that I'll always remember. I mean, the one was I stayed with a guy, um, and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm thinking some people here might know this guy, but I'm not going to say his name. Um, but, and he's not in this congregation, but anyways. Um, so, and I stayed with him in a student digs, and he, literally we had one room, and we were, every, all the other rooms in the digs were unsaved people, um, I think at least, what I could relate. Um, and we, I literally, I slept on the bed and he slept on the floor for a week. Um, that's uh, if I can remember correctly. And it's just like, you're just laying your life down, you, you know, it's, it's just one room and you still sleep on the floor. Um, and then uh, other, other um, story that I was reminded of was just, um, actually, two weeks ago, we, we had an outreach in Durbanville, and we were supposed to stay at a couple, um, myself and uh, my friend, they wanted to host us, and they were so, actually, it was actually beautiful, it actually moves my heart, because they were so excited to host us, because I, I, I had the feeling that, you know, we, okay, we, we saw them later that week, okay, so, what happened, okay, now I'm a bit confused. So, what happened was, as we came there, and then they were sick, um, so they couldn't host us, um, and because we're on outreach and COVID still a thing a little bit, not anymore. Um, and we couldn't, yeah, they couldn't host us. And we stayed at other people. They arranged like literally the Sunday that we were supposed to go there. And on, on the Wednesday, we went to community and we saw the people there. And then we met them and it's like, oh, so cool. And they were like, no, we were the people that are supposed to host you. And it actually, I could see these people, you know, that they were like, they were a little, a little awkward um, they, uh, I, I, they said we were actually the first people they would ever going to host. And it just moved me that thinking like, uh, we got a credible host for that week. But just thinking that, um, you know, I actually thought we were supposed to be there. Um, yeah. So it's always, uh, uh, yeah, it's just so cool. 
Hey, well done, Neil. That's a hard act to follow. Eh? Uh, when we joined Josh Jen about 11 years ago, uh, there was a lady who came through to our congregation, and a prophetic lady, and she had a lot of prophetic words for people. And then all of a sudden, she zeroed in on Rena and I. I thought, oh my word, you know, I've, I've really had difficult times with prophetic words because people, they haven't happened and things like that. So I thought, we knew in Josh Jen what's going to happen. But the thing it was, was so clear. And she said, you know, we, God sees you and he knows, knows your hearts, but he wants you to uh, excel in the gift of hospitality. And she said, your home will be like a place where you smell b baking bread. People will be attracted to it. And you will offer hospitality. And it was, I was reminded recently from uh, Timothy where he says, Paul says, do not neglect the spiritual gift you've received through prophecy spoken of you when the elders laid ha their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. And that's one thing that's characterized our journey so far in Josh Jen is hospitality. I mean, we've had weird times, we've had great times, but just being able to offer hospitality, and especially when it comes to, uh, like Neil said, teams or people from the 412 network who need uh, a place to stay while they're attending a conference, and the blessing that God just brings upon us just from that, that gift of hospitality. I mean, the Greek word means uh, to pursue with hospitality or at the very extreme per persecute people with hospitality. So it's something, it's an action that you need to step out of your, your comfort zone. And it might not be easy, it might be the very first time that you've done it. And it could be difficult. We went uh, on an outreach to the Isle of Man. There were 60 of us that arrived in the Isle of Man. The, the church uh, was, was a, like a 412 and, and they wanted to know more about Josh Jen and the 412, 412 network. And they told us that their congregation had never given hospitality to people. And they said to us, you'll probably come up against things that you're not, you don't expect because people just haven't done it. But it was an amazing time as we enjoyed hospitality from people who were learning hospitality and how to give hospitality. At the end of the time we were there, they were blown away being able to extend hospitality. And we, of course, were blessed as well being in a foreign country. But my encouragement is to you, when there's a call for hospitality, go for it. You're going to have to sometimes step into deep waters. But God, is, and through Paul, is very, very clear about us exercising the gift of hospitality. You might not feel you prophetic or could teach the word or do a lot of different things, spiritual gifts, but hospitality is really an easy gift to, to uh, use with the people of God. Okay, um, so I'm, yeah, I'm just going to quickly share, oh, I think we've been hosted and uh, hosted people a lot. And it's been just, it's been amazing. Hey? I, I think you don't really realize what God's put in you until you actually go and stay in somebody's home that isn't living in what we're living in terms of our understanding of God and just like radical New Testament Christianity. And I was just um, just thinking of a few people that have um, just been impacted by Jesus in us, like going into Benoni when it was first kind of opening up, uh, we're starting to partner with them in the gospel and a couple called Jono and Charlene. I don't know if you guys might have heard of them, but they were, I don't think they were deacons yet. Um, they had, he had a lot of issues. He was like 
if you won't mind me sharing this, he, had, he was like debating and arguing a lot of stuff, but we were just living out our lives with him. And Ryan said to me, I don't know if it was Ryan, or maybe Dan said to me after, he said, it was, a, I mean, we just were like jewels and shines, just living our life and just kind of being normal deacons in the church. But that radically changed like their role in church. Like they actually saw something that they hadn't seen before. And I think God got a hold of their hearts, not just because of us, but just something God had put in us. And I mean, they've like flown, they've like turned around in God. They're leading a church up uh, in Hoodsprate now. Uh, they are like, yeah, I think they I can't remember what, yeah, I think they're elders. Yeah, they're obviously elders. But I mean, like God has just radically impacted their lives. And we just had a small part of that journey. We were, you know, used by God to kind of just, you just don't know who you're being hosted by and who you are going to host. You don't know where they're going to end up. And even like um, Leonard that was in TNT, he was, I think he's leading a congregation now, but he was a youngster, like little, I won't say Snortkop, but he was a youngster like Neil. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, but the thing is, you don't know, you don't know where, you look at Neil now, you don't know where he's going to end up. That's the thing. You don't know where he's going to end up and the impact that you could have on his life. It's just, it's unbelievable. Um, and then just like Devon recently is a good, we've become, that's the amazing thing. You become friends with people for life, actually. And um, Devon's up in Richards Bay and he was, um, yeah, I think we hosted him here, here in our house. And anyhow, so, so we've just walked a journey with him. I mean, I didn't actually know he had actually become an elder the last time I stayed with him. I was like, yes, dude. Like God, I mean, look at what God has done in your life. Like he's full out for God now, serving his body, laying down his life. I mean, he's such an example to me. That he's actually invited us to go to his wedding now, which is like, I don't know where it's going to be, somewhere in like Richards Bay. But I mean, the, the amazing thing about that is that um, I got to stay with him recently as well. Like I was on a trip and um, said, hey man, I'm stuck. I need a place to stay. I'm trying to save money on this job. And he was like, cool, come stay with me. And he just said, he literally moved out of his bedroom. He, he had the main, like, main canine pad in this bachelor pad. It wasn't super clean because there's two guys, but <laughs> it was a bit of a downgrade from my Airbnb. But the thing is that um, the thing was amazing because I got, I love hanging, I, it's so terrible traveling and not staying with people. It's just like you miss out on something. And he moved out of his room. I mean, they shared an ensuite, so everyone had to kind of trap through my room to go to the only bathroom in the whole place. But it was amazing. He literally moved out of his room so I could be live like a king. And I was like, yes, bro, Devon, you are a legend, bro. You are, you're showing me what it means to serve and lay down your life, living in the lounge and just actually being an example. As much as I was an example to him, he got to reciprocate and be the example to me. So just encourage you guys, seriously, just say yes, make a plan. It could be a mission, but I'm telling you, those couple of days in your life, it's just two or three days, just say yes and go for it because I promise you, you will not be sorry. You are going to make connections and friends all over the world that you're going to yeah, you'll take to eternity, so go for it. Who else? Yeah, I'm going to get all nostalgic now because what I'm going to share was pre-COVID. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, back in 2019, um, we're now still part of uh, the Weinberg congregation. We went up to Vintuk on a Vintuk equip, and uh, God kind of put on my heart that I needed to go, so I went and chatted to Ross Lahane and he said, on your way. So we drove up, and um, God is, I think as the, the previous folk have said, God is in where he places you. So we had to stop over at Kirtmanswip. And the family that we stayed with over there made us part of their family. They were having a, a, a family work function, and they included us. They didn't have to. I mean, we're complete strangers, but they did. Then we get to, to Vintuk, and 
God put something on my heart that, which, which, which kind of uh, indicated that he was in it of multicultural. And when I got there, it was a multicultural family that, that God had placed me in, who opened their home. Um, I don't know how I may have impacted them. You don't always get to see the impact that you leave behind. But because God was in it, I'm sure there was an impact, and they've also impacted me to see how they live their lives. So, yeah, um, I've always been the recipient of hospitality. And, yeah, if you're able to, to host, go for it, because that's what God wants us to do. And you, you don't have the influence or the, the change that you can have in somebody's life by simply hosting or being a guest. Um, yo, <laughs> we've actually hosted so many people. I don't know what Dylan wants me to. What do you? Who do you want me to talk about? Bernice. Um, so yeah, we've also hosted. Yeah, so Bernice was also in TNT. Like Neil, she stayed with Bernie. Oh, Bernie Bernadette. Gosh. Oh wait. But she yeah, she stayed with us for a few months. We, I actually have a terrible story. Um, we were taking the kids to a <laughs> music class. And she had parked her car outside our house. And as we were driving away, we saw a guy pushing her car. And we were like, oh, he's trying to steal her car. And we were screaming. Anyway, she hadn't put the handbrake up. And he was trying to stop her car from rolling away. It was terrible. But we can laugh at that. I mean, yeah, hosting, it's great. Um, actually, another person I want to talk about is Janine. She would be more than happy for me to share. Um, she lived with us for a few months. She's now an elder's wife. And... Yeah, years ago, she was in huge debt and lonely and um, broken family. And she just, yeah, she came to the end of herself. And we said, just come and stay with us. And it's amazing what God did. And it was, it was quite stretching. The girls were little at the time. So if he was sick, she was in the same room as Rosie because Janine had her room. And it is, yeah, it's hard sometimes to host. But the fruit is it's so worth it now janine is yeah she's an elder's wife in city bowl and they are flying as a couple um who oh yeah there's there has been loads over the years and everybody has left some kind of deposit with us and hopefully us with them oh so yeah also um a neighbor we had she was going through a divorce and yeah dylan and i were just like you and your daughter move in with us and for a season they did, and I think I'd hoped for more, just in God for her. But I know that somewhere along the line, all the seeds that we sowed, and actually on Facebook memories the other day, I found a picture of Dill praying with all the kids and her little girl sitting praying. And I think that's the only time they've ever actually had any kind of Christian input. So, yeah, I'm still praying for her, but hoping for that fruit. Um, not many of you will know who I am. My name is Eric Gillam. Um, I currently live and have a house in Wales for my sins. I don't know why, but there we go, <laughs> probably. Um, just a little um, testimony to um, what we've been talking about this evening. Um, in 1984, uh, we were living in uh, a house in Parkhurst, and my first son had just been born. 
And um, we were, we'd got to know this couple and just down the road from us through the church that we were attending at the time. And we had a swimming pool in our garden. And um, uh, this young lady li liked swimming and sunbathing. And that. So she approached us and said, can I, can I come and swim in your swimming pool? And we said, yeah, that's okay. And we became good friends. I hope they don't mind me sharing this, but they fell on difficult times. And uh, they approached us and asked us whether we could ha have them in our home. And um, we said, wow, okay, we're going to pray about this. So the night before, I think we prayed, not quite sure. Woke up the next morning and I said to my then wife, what's Roman 12, 13? Now I know you all know this, but I didn't at the time. And my wife said to me, oh, I don't know, go and look it up. So I did. And you know, all, all of you know what it is, don't you? Come on, come on. Practice hospitality to God's people in need. And it's been kind of like a testimony of our whole life. And two weeks ago, I was in a difficult situation. And I've been blessed by the same people that I was able to bless those years ago. That's a testimony to God. That's our God. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, it's incredible, huh? Yeah, Keith and Jean, you keep surprising us with all the amazing things that you've done, really. You guys are yeah, incredible. But um, yeah, so, so we're not talking about hospitality in a vacuum or devoting ourselves to fellowship, but it's in the context of the conference that is coming up. And uh, I know for us as Josh and Musenberg, we are quite far from where the conference is going to be in Malmesbury. Musenberg to Malmesbury. It sounds like a daunting comrades kind of race. It probably is. So, um, and, and, um, and Philip, the, the, the the guy who does our admin at church said, actually, guys, don't, if you're in Musenberg, don't worry. It's fine. Just as long as you make it there, don't worry too much about hosting. But I still think that there's something about this thing of hosting. Actually, I think if God has put it on your heart to host someone, then I think you should go for it. I know, I think Jules and Shantz have, uh, might be hosting or they've put their names forward to host someone. And all it is really is it's another hour for you to spend in the car with someone you don't know getting to know them. An hour there and an hour back, and you get to spend time with a, a fellow brother or sister who have come from another country, potentially, which is like Joburg, and they've come all this way, and you just be like, okay, jeez, so you guys have traveled, I mean, be in the promised land now, it's amazing. Okay, so I, I just want to, I'll, I'll leave that with you, it really is cool. But um, yeah, as I said, the week before we, uh, Mike went through the thing of Acts 2, Acts 242 and talks about devoting themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship uh, and that thing of the fellowship was an important thing for the early church in fact that word uh, it's not it's not really so much as, as being part of like a club so we go well I'm part of a fellowship which means it could be a social thing right I mean there's lots of social clubs you can belong to 
I don't, I mean, I don't know what they are anymore. Like when I was younger, there was the cub, the cows and cubs or whatever. Anyway, there's lots of clubs that you could belong to, but it's more than that, right? And actually in a Christian fellowship, it's much more than just being around people that you like or people that you've got something in common with. Yes, we've got Jesus in common, but there's this word called kononia, and you might have all heard it before, but this word, it talks about our relationship with God, our relationship with each other, and the relationship between churches. And really, this is what the conference is about, right? It's, a, it's In the apostolic sense, it's about relationships between churches. Now, there will be churches coming from Zambia, Zimbabwe, Malawi, uh, Isle of Man, England, all over Europe, coming to Malmesbury to get together to hear what God has to say to his people in the 412 movement. Okay, now that puts it in perspective. It's a bigger thing than just us trying to go, well, we need to get there, so we better get there. Or they've told us to get there, so we have to get there. It's a bigger thing of, no, this is happening in this network. And there's people coming specifically to hear what is going to be said. And what is being said at this conference will move us forward as a movement. Okay, so in light of that, please consider being there, but also thinking how you can be hospitable to people who are coming down. And hospitality, hospitality doesn't only mean having people in your home. It might mean someone needs a car. Now, we have a second car which we're going to be loaning to people over the time of the conference. And that's just one way that we can help people. We're, not, we, we're going to be at the conference camping. Um, you, you, <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but you will see us. Because <laughs> for the first time, we've always wanted to go in a camper van. And uh, so we've, we've rented a camper van, which is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, we're going to be it's gonna be sleeping inside with a gas stove, and it's going to be epic. Yeah, just don't, don't try and sleep in there with us. But um, you're welcome to hang around the tent as much as you want. But there is this thing of like this kononia, this fellowship between believers. And, uh, you know, Romans 12, 5 says this. So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Right? We all belong to one another. And it's been amazing to hear, like, Abby's testimony of how we belong to her and she belongs to us, right? Like, as a family unit, that's how it operates. And I think... Especially in, a, in, the, in the church sense, there has to be this deep love between believers, between fellow believers. This, you know, Paul, I mean, Jesus actually, well, John actually says this. It's in Paul, sure. All of them say this. <laughs> that it's impossible to love God without loving your brothers. Okay. And um, my family is your family. My possessions are your possessions. My home is your home. That's a very hard statement to make in 2022, where people's homes are their castles. Don't come into my home. This is my private sanctuary. I have all the electric fences and everything to keep you out. Now you're telling me to welcome people in. Yes, but we have to be welcoming people into our homes all the time. And uh, the favorite one of Josh Jen is, what's in my fridge is yours and what's in your fridge is mine. Okay, and I know this causes lots of consternation with people. People are like, what do you mean? You can't take what's in my fridge. I don't want what's in your fridge, really, but I want to have a relationship with you. And it's, it's, a, it's a silly little statement we make, but actually the deeper sense of it is that 
how much are we giving to each other as far as a relationship is concerned? Okay, it's that deepness of relationship. So, okay. There's not much in our fridge at the moment anyway. So, you're welcome to come and have a look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there is this incredible thing of how we belong to one another and how we can um, be hospitable and host one another. And Paul talks about it often, right? And I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 8.5. He says, And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. They, it's not just they had us because they had to and because we were passing through. It's they gave themselves to us. Okay. There's this thing of in the body of giving ourselves to one another. And that includes everything that we have, including our homes. Okay. Uh, can I share your story, Craig, about how? I, I, I'd, I'd known Craig for a long time in church. But I'd never been in his home. Ever. And, it's, uh, and it, I just, it was a journey that Craig actually had to walk out. And I'm not, I'm not belittling Craig. It was something that he had to walk out to go. I kept saying, Craig, when are we going to meet in your home? When are we going to meet in your home? When are we going to meet in your home? And it's like, no, 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 that's cool. No, no, maybe next week, maybe next year. Like. But and then there was COVID. But post-COVID has been incredible. We've had leaders meeting in Craig's home, right? And that's been incredible. Like, he's opened his home. He's going, okay, guys, you can come in. Like, there's nothing here. Okay. That's awesome. So, Craig, I want to commend you on that, actually. That's a journey you walked out. And now I feel like if Craig opens his home, we all go. Okay. You're, he's, you've hosted Com in your home, right? Yeah, incredible, man. Like, well done, Rue. Okay. I really, I really mean that. And it's not always hosting people when it's easy. So often we go, well, I'll have you because I've got a 10-bedroom home and I'm only using two. So you can use the other eight at your leisure or, like, you can do it there. Or we had Dave and Pam in our home. We had eight people in our home at one point. That was like, whoa, this is, which was awesome. That was awesome. And we got to know them. And we got to know Max and the kiddies, and it was incredible. I was called Pastor all the time. It was awesome. <laughs> By Jackson. Jackson calls me Pastor Dylan. It's amazing. It's reaffirming. But, <laughs> but, but, but Paul says in Galatians, he talks about how the church accept, accepted him even when he wasn't well. Right. And I read this passage because it's powerful. It says, even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Even though my illness was a trial to you. Instead, you welcomed me as you would an angel of God, as if I were Christ himself. <laughs> yes, that gives me goosebumps. I'm sorry. Like, oh, my word. Do we welcome each other into our homes as Christ himself? Or do we just go, I'm going to put up with this person for this amount of time because it's my Christian duty? And what if they're sick? Neil, I'm not just putting up with you, bro. I'm accepting you like Christ himself. <laughs> Even when you wake me up at four in the morning. <laughs> Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Jesus Christ himself. Where, where then is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Hmm. 
how well do we receive people, how much do we honor them, and how much are we prepared to sacrifice to bless them? Now, um, what's interesting is uh, one of the qualifications for an elder is hospitality. And I love this thing of the qualifications of elders because it feels like people hold those qualifications as just for those people. Well, you're an elder, so you have to qualify in all these things, which you do. But often I think what's interesting is that these are things that elders do to set an example for the rest of the church. So it doesn't mean that just because an elder has to qualify as being hospitable, that the rest of the church can just point to him whenever someone comes to town and go, speak to Julian and Chantel, he's an elder, he's hospitable, go stay with him. Julian should model it in such a way that if someone comes to town, you are going, I've seen what my elders have done. I've seen how it's impacted that person's life and their life, and I want a part of it. Just as I see what Paul says in Galatians, how open are our homes to strangers and how open are our homes to one another? Vanessa's laughing. <laughs> am, I hitting, am I striking a nerve, Vanessa? <laughs> and it's a very good question to ask ourselves. In fact, here's a better question. When last did you offer to host community in your home? Because we can get very comfortable with the same person hosting community every week. And that's great. Like if that person's heart is to do that. But I would say that in the community group, everyone at some point should open their home to have the people in their home. That is being hospitable. As much as having someone from Isle of Man, that is, that is taking a Wednesday evening and having people in your home and hosting them. Now, hospitality is very different to entertaining. Often we think that if we're having community group, we need to um, do this massive event where people come in the front door and it's just like, yeah, this is amazing, and I've got this spread of food, and we're going to do this incredible stuff. That's entertaining. That is amazing. Do that from time to time. But hospitality and having people in your home is having people in your home as your home is normally. Because let's face it, I mean, we still do it, but when people come over, it's like, okay, Action stations, kids, right? Yeah, reporting for duty. Okay, you. Like, <laughs> and I'd be running around like, you, get that book. Like, ah, Dylan, your books. There's too many books. And like, okay, I'm like dragging books to the, <laughs> like the kids are sweeping. Okay, we're just tidying a little bit. Okay, that's fine. But it's not about putting on a production when people come to your homes. It's your home. That's where you live, man. People need to see how you live. Okay. And I'm just, I'm making a joke about it because we all do it, okay, and it's, it is good. <laughs> so the elders set the example for people, and, and we should all be doing it. And we need to be treating strangers as brothers. So that scripture in Romans 12, 13, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. That's what Paul writes in Romans 12, 13. And he says, the, the author of Hebrews says this in, in Hebrews 13 too, and I've just started reading the book of Hebrews again, and I'm hoping to study it a bit more, because that is, <coughs> the book of Hebrews is profound. In fact, I think it's probably one of the most profound books in the Bible. 
It says this. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. Okay, strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Amazing. I don't know what it's like to host an angel, but anyway, um, I'm sure it's like hosting anyone else. We do it because it represents Christ. Okay, he asked us to do it, and our homes are his after all, right? Everything we have is his anyway. It impacts the nations. We can reach nations even if we can't go. Think about that. You could impact, just as you've seen with some of these testimonies, you could impact a nation even though you've never been there. You could impact someone's life so radically that they go back to another nation and that church where they come from is changed through what you've done. That is an awesome, awesome prospect. And you create amazing relationships and new family. We know when we go to Holland, we've got somewhere to stay. That's amazing. And we wouldn't, like, demand it, but I know Bernie and Geeton would love to have us, and we'd love to see them. They're an incredible young couple. Okay, so this is supposed to look like something for 412 in a conference, but how does it look like practically for us as a congregation? Okay, I've spoken about, yes, if you want to host for the conference, great. Most of us are just going to be driving in and out and camping. Awesome. Okay, but how can we do this in a local context? Host people in your homes for dinners. Dinners can be very simple. It can be a bowl of soup and a loaf of bread. I think when you think dinner, it's a five-course meal, chicken, everything. No, dinner is more about the people there in the conversation than about what you're eating, to be honest. I don't remember the, what we ate last time at the time we had people over. So what Hike and I have tried to do recently is to try and have different groups of people in our home that wouldn't normally hang out together. So that's a cool way of doing it. You think of the most unlikely group of people you can possibly think of and invite them for dinner, and it's awesome, okay? And then you ask each other questions, and you get to know each other, and you just build community, okay? Create community, and then um, do you have people over socially? And this is a good one. I didn't write this. Mike Davies wrote this. We don't need luxury. We need love. Kim's signing something to me. Oh, okay. Okay. It's not about luxury and the luxuries you can give someone. It's about how well you can love them. Okay. We had Michael staying in our back room for four months. Michael. And it wasn't luxury. <laughs> but it was all we could offer him. I was, very, I was very honest with him. I was like, Michael, I don't have a room, but I can offer you the back room. And that's all I have. And he was like, cool, I will stay there. And it was amazing. We had amazing discussions about COVID and Nigeria and all this stuff. And it's, it was an amazing time getting to know him. Okay. But I'm going to land it there, I think. Kim, you wanted to share something. Okay, so I, I want to share a story. I also joined Josh Jen last year, about June. And I was in a very toxic relationship. I wasn't saved. I didn't know that what I was doing was anything that I should improve on. And since I joined um, the hospitality of the people and the kindness and the friendliness and everything was just amazing. I went to a few bigger churches to visit them, but you meet the people and you never see them again the second week. And I realized something on my heart the other day was, Joining a smaller church is a lot better because you get to know everyone. 
um, and bought into faith and yeah, and I'm very just very grateful for everyone's kindness. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. Okay. <laughs> okay, Andre wants to share as well. Uh, Karen also wants to share. Okay, why not? We're gonna have more testimonies. How are we doing for time? What is the Okay, if you time doesn't matter. So, um, hi, my name's Andre. <coughs> Uh, we used to go, we used to attend uh, the Bay Community Church in Musenberg. Uh, we ran a home cell um, for about two and a half years. But uh, one, one day, a guy, talking about hosting and hospitality, hospitality um, there was a guy, there was a burgie, came to our home group. And you could smell the guy from the street corner. He's, just think of the guy smelling when he comes in the door. And the guy just walked in one day and sat down. So everybody in the home group was going, he, what is going on? Who is this? What is, what do we do? What, the first thing you obviously have to do is ask the guy, hey, what's your name and what brings you here? But everybody was, <laughs> do you know what? For a year, the guy came to home group and every week he, he was there faithfully. Okay, he came a little earlier and then eventually earlier and earlier because there was something to eat. That was the first thing. We had to feed the guy. But he, he was just faithful, and he accepted God, and we prayed with him. And every week, somebody prayed with him. And even, and even when we didn't think, yes, is, are we getting through? It's not for us to judge, you know? It was for God to continue to minister to this guy. And eventually, the guy passed away, you know? And all our home group went to this guy's funeral. But it was so great to see how many people's lives he had impacted with the amount of people that came to his funeral that we didn't, we weren't aware of. But the fact that we hosted the guy at that time was important. We want to host somebody. Debbie and I have been chatting about hosting someone for 412 conference. And we're struggling financially, but we want to say to somebody, come. You know, we've got the room available. Come and do it. And, and we, we are available. Okay. Thanks. Um, I just, like when Dylan was talking about um, encouraging people to have calm in their homes and it's not a show and you don't have to entertain them. So I was asked to have calm in my home and I like immediately just panic. <laughs> like I like I just, I like, yeah, like my home is like my safe space. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've got to have all these people and I've got to entertain them. And then like um, the night came and I like cleaned the house as best I could and I had animals and, and people arrived and then they all just piled into my house and they all just like sat wherever they wanted, struck up their own conversations with each other, <laughs> helped themselves to coffee. And I was like, wow, this is so wonderful. Like, it was so joyful to have people in my home. And it just really changed like my fear of like, it's not all about me. And I just want to encourage people like, every time I have come in my home, when people leave, Oh, that's going to sound weird. But when people feel leave, I feel really joyful. Not because I've left, but like after having come in my house, like I just feel different and I just feel joyful. And like, yeah, so just want to encourage people who are afraid like me to have like, you know, is the house clean enough, blah, blah, blah. Like no one even cares. Like I've stopped, guys, I've stopped cleaning like. <laughs> I only clean like really obvious stuff now. So like, it's great. And like. Yeah, I just really want to encourage people who are also afraid of having people in their homes that it's actually really fun. <laughs> awesome. Tiru. <laughs> I don't know why I preached. You guys could have just shared testimonies or not. 
So my first experience of hosting and hospitality was when Shant and um, the family took me in. I was going through stuff. But one of the most important things is that God was trying to teach me to rely and depend on him because I was always on the giving end. And it built a lot of pride that I would always be able to give but not ever be in a position to be given. So it was a very stretching season um, to a point where I actually had to give up my car because God wanted me to give up my car to learn to be in a humbling position. I'm very happy for that season. However, it still came back to where I hosted Calm, but it was more of a showcase, like um, our leader just said. So for me, it was putting up a spread and having people come into my home and see how clean it is and enjoy the view and all of those things that really are not necessary in the eyes of God. And then, obviously, people come into your home and do their own thing. They strike up their own conversations, and they put their shoes on furniture that you don't want shoes on. <laughs> and, then <laughs> and then you ask them politely but in a firm manner if they could put their feet down. And then there's this brave person who says to you, is this not meant to put feet on? And you're like, why are you even here? But, you know, it was very humbling, but also um, a learning curve, like when you are going to host, you need to let God lead, not to showcase what you have. Then we moved to Botswana for COVID 2020. Chaotic, okay? Ross Lahana and his family decide they're going to rock up at my home. My home that has absolutely nothing as beautiful as what they have experienced in Cape Town. So I'm like, okay, guys, why are you even coming here? I mean, you can just go straight because where we stay is not even on the road where they are going. They're literally just detouring to re-detour. So they come and... Me being me, I organize guys to quickly fix their rendezvous that they're going to stay in. They were just supposed to put in a shower for them. Everything else was in there. This guy decides to hit the walls, put dust everywhere. So now they cannot be in that rendezvous that was initially clean enough for them to be in. Now it's not habitable. They are forced to now walk into the little living room where I had stored almost everything of mine and now use the bathroom that was not planned for them. It was chaotic, guys. They were like walking like this, okay? <laughs> and now there is the gorgeous Mago cleaning up my house, unpacking glasses and teaching me how to live in small spaces. It was very humbling. Beautiful Ross, building a fire, making a braai, which usually I would have been doing because remember, I was that perfect person who would have everything in place. But I was very humbled, but also very happy to receive love. They did not have to come to see us. They did not have to bless us with their presence. But God also said to me, when you open your home, open it from a place of love, not from a place of showcase. <laughs> 